subject that I want to talk about tonight um, is one that every time I talk about it, we get a lot of amens. <laughs> but on the inside, we're going, oh, gosh, he got me. Because it's a subject that we know every believer should do, should practice, should live. But it's one of those, it's like, man, I'm just not as good at that as I would like to be. I want to be deeper in that. I want to do better at that. I want to give more attention to that. Because I could ask every single person in this room, I could ask any Christian, say, do you believe that prayer is important? And the answer is always yes. You know, and it, it, it kind of gets put right there with, you know, eating right and maintaining your vehicle. Do you believe it's important to maintain your car? Yes. Well, I haven't had an oil change in 8,000 miles. <laughs> I'm 3,000 miles overdue on my oil change. It's kind of like, you know, eating right, you know. It's important to eat right. Yeah. This cheeseburger looks so good right now. I don't got time to go to Target and go down the healthy aisle. I just need to grab a cheeseburger from McDonald's real quick. I don't got time for all that stuff. And so prayer kind of gets thrown in that category for believers. And so I just want to get real practical tonight. What I want, what I want you to walk away with tonight is, is, is principles and, and things that you can literally go out and do with prayer. Now, I'm going to tell you this, that um, not last year, I believe it was 2012, I did a series on prayer. One of those big series that I can do, you know. Uh, I think it's about four or five series, four or five messages. And got into the spiritual side of prayer and what prayer is. And we'll touch on that a little bit, but I'm not wanting to go there tonight. I want you to walk away with practical things that you can go away and say, I can do that tomorrow. I can, I can implement that in my life tomorrow. And so, first of all, I just want to show the value for prayer because, to me, there's three reasons that kind of pop out for me why we don't pray. Three basic reasons why we don't pray. Because we all know it's important. That's the easy part. But number one, I just don't believe we value it enough. I don't believe that we value prayer and what it does and what it actually is. Um, I, I don't know that a lot of Christians know what prayer literally is. I mean, if you ask, oh, it means talking to God or it's communication. But there's more to it than that. Because when you look in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, you know, we always end up going here because it's the foundation of who we are and why we're on this planet anyways. And Genesis 1, 26, God gives man dominion. But the, the problem is, is we don't actually have the power to carry that stuff out. That there's someone else that's doing that stuff. And I've just come to find out there's just some stuff that God won't do unless you ask him. And prayer, uh, you know, as we're going to find out, uh, has more of a connotation than just talking to somebody. It's more than just communication. So I don't, I don't think that we value it uh, enough. Um, I, I don't believe we all really know how to pray. And that's okay because uh, Jesus had 12 disciples that hung out with him. And we'll find out in a little bit that the number one thing they asked him to teach them to do was to pray. Okay, so you're in, you're in an okay category there. I just don't know that we know how to pray. How, how, do I pray? how do I start a prayer? What am I supposed to pray about? 
Why do I need to pray? You know, these are all the questions that come up. Lastly, um, and this is probably the biggest one, uh, we don't see results when we do pray. We just don't see the effects of it. You know, I, I prayed about that and nothing changed. So, but, you know, that, that kind of goes back to number two. We don't know how. And when you don't know how to use something, then you get discouraged because you don't get the result that you were looking for. But if we learned how to do it, I believe that we would get the results we're looking for. Uh, you know, we, you've heard me say this, that uh, without purpose, without knowing the purpose for something, and purpose is always in the question why. Why always answers purpose. So why do I pray? But when you don't know the purpose for something, abuse is inevitable. You will abuse what you don't know, what you don't have a purpose for. You'll abuse your job if you don't know why you're going there tomorrow. You'll abuse your finances if you don't know why you have finances. You'll abuse your spouse if you don't know why you're married. You'll abuse your kids if you don't know why you have children. You'll abuse your church if you don't know why you need to go to church. You'll abuse it. And what happens with abuse is we don't get the desired result. And in prayer, I, I believe that we've got a lot of Christians that have tried prayer um, and that have, uh, you know, thrown one out there, said, all right, you know, it's been more of a last resort thing instead of the first priority. And then we don't get the desired result. It's like, and, and, you know, as well as I do, nobody wants to waste their time. And what's wasting time? That means spending time doing something that doesn't give you a desired result. So you're not going to waste your time. And nobody wants to waste the time. Time is valuable to us. But the funny thing about time is I can tell you what you value in life by what you spend your time doing. Yep. I can, I, I can identify what's valuable to you. You spend a lot of time with your kids, and I know your kids are valuable to you because I spend time with my kids. We have family time because family is valuable. You spend a lot of money at work, or you spend a lot of time at work, and maybe work isn't valuable, but what work brings is valuable, and that's the money. And so I spend a lot of time here. I put in 60 hours this week. And sometimes it is the job. Sometimes you just love what you do and that's what you value. And that's all right. You got a good work ethic and having a great work ethic is valuable to me. Getting a job done is valuable to me. Not leaving something undone. That's valuable to me. And so what you spend your time doing, uh, you know, helps determine what you value in life. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't believe that any Christian literally believes that prayer is not important. Um, but there are some factors that we need to look at as to why we don't pray. Look at this in First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm just going to show you real quick a few verses here that show the priority of prayer in the word. You see, if I, if I want to know what, what God, how God looks at prayer, I want to look at prayer the way God looks at it. You know there's someone on the other end of this thing, right? Okay? Communication goes two ways. I can't communicate with the wall. It's not going to give me a response. But I can communicate with an individual that's going to respond back, communicate back. So God's on the other side of this thing. What does God think about prayer? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Pray 
without ceasing. This is a scary verse for a lot because I'm not even anywhere close to without ceasing. I've ceased a lot. (laughs) Okay, pray without quitting is what this verse means. Well, I've quit prayer. How many of you went to your work today? Went, Went to work today? Okay, and you're not there now. So is it safe to assume that you quit? No, not yet. <laughs> okay, your boss isn't thinking, man, she, she left. I mean, five o'clock, she's, she's gone, she's not here. She must have quit. No, because you'll be back tomorrow. See, there's a lifestyle to it. See what I'm saying? Pray without ceasing means have a habitual routine to it. Pray without ceasing. So we've always said that, how am I supposed to pray for 24? Jesus didn't even pray 24-7. Okay? Jesus broke the rule, if that's what this verse says. But to cease doesn't mean to abandon. Cease means that I may not be doing it right now, but it's still a part of my lifestyle. Okay? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 18, praying when sometimes when you feel like it, praying always with all prayer. That's actually translated with all kinds of prayer. And I'm not going to get into the seven different kinds of prayer tonight. That's another teaching. But there are different types of prayer. This is saying pray always with every kind of prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So this is an endearing verse. This is a continue on, persevere, make it last type of verse. Not just every now and then, not once, and then I'm good. Praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end. Okay? So... One more, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Galatians chapter, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, in everything, when it's good, when it's bad, when it's high, when it's low, but in everything, by prayer, And supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. God wants us to make some requests to him. Wants us to request some things. Now, there are some things that you don't have to request of God. I don't have to request of God to take the devil away from me. That's my job. Okay? And the reason I'm saying that is because I've got some Kingdom Institute students in here that are in the middle of believer's authority, and you've been hearing me preach, you don't have to talk to God about your problem. Okay? I don't have to request of God to take away fear. But there are some things that I can ask of Him to replace in my life. Amen? There are some things that I can ask of Him to give me. Lord, give me peace. I have the authority to tell fear to go away. Now God, replace that fear with peace. I have the authority to tell uh, uh, anxiety and worry to go. Now, Lord, give me a steadfast heart. There are things that you can request of him at the same time telling 
something else to go. Okay? But there are some things that you don't have to ask God for. It's in your territory to go ahead and start talking to the thing. Don't talk to your problem. Don't talk to God about your problem. Talk to your problem. And if you want to take it a step further, talk to your problem about your God. Why don't you let the, why don't you, you know, Jesus said, speak to the mountain and it will be cast into the sea. He didn't say, now ask God if he can remove the mountain for you. And if it's in his will and in his perfect timing, he'll remove the mountain and shove it into the ocean. No, he says, you speak to the mountain. Okay, so there's some things that we don't have to go to God about. But this here says to let our request be made known in everything by prayer. So we just saw always without ceasing in everything. How many of you would think that God places a high priority on prayer? Amen. So if God places a high priority on prayer, then I need to place a high priority on prayer. Amen. We need to, as believers, place a high priority on prayer. Our lives are affected by prayer, whether you pray or not. (laughs) Well, if I don't pray, then it won't. I'm just missing out. Yeah, you're missing out. Because when you pray, it'll change your life. And when you don't pray, it'll still change your life. Just not in the direction you want it to go. Our lives are affected by prayer, whether we pray or not. So we might as well just pray. Amen? Without prayer, we cannot achieve God's will for our lives. That might be a shocker to you, but we'll spell that out. Without prayer, you cannot achieve God's will for your life. And what's dangerous about that is you might be achieving somebody else's will. Maybe yours or maybe the enemy's, maybe your parents. But God's got a will and a purpose and a destiny for you. And unless you talk to him, you won't know it. So how can you do it? You don't accidentally live out God's will. God get to heaven. Man, we never talked down there, but you just seem to always be in the right place at the right time. You were doing exactly what I asked you. It doesn't happen. Because we've got a nature that's already conformed to something else that we've got to untie from that and get connected to him. And if you ain't talking to him, that's why I said, if you ain't talking to him, I said it. Oh, I've got the teleprompter up here on the screen. A-I-N. Apostrophe T. Yeah, one of those words in school you're told not to say. Now, maybe y'all heard this word around here, but in Texas, on the list of words that you're not supposed to say, we always had this word, E-T, et. There's like a past tense of eating. I don't know. There's always, I was like, I've never heard that word. And that was at seven. I'm 30 now. And I still never heard the word. I think they could pull it off the list. I think just in case you ever hear anybody say this, I at that. That doesn't even sound right. Anyways, let's get back to where we were. So there are many things that we know that are, we, that are important to do, but we don't do them either out of ignorance, we just don't know, or a lack of desire for it. I don't really care about taking care of my car. So we don't. Lack of desire. Or I I didn't know that I needed to be eating that. Ignorance. 
But either one, we've got to develop ourselves. in. I've got to become knowledgeable in some things, right? My people have been destroyed for a lack of knowledge, not because they... I didn't show them. I, man, I, I, don't, I left it out of the book. Wrote this whole book. 66 books in here. All these different people. I never told them how to pray. What, am I crazy or what? No, it's in there. We've got to become knowledgeable on it so we can have victory in that area. Anything you don't know, the enemy will use against you. Okay? But then we've also got to place a desire or, or a, a value on prayer. And so I hope today that you walk away... With the identification, I need to pray. I've got to have prayer in my life. And and most of you know that. It's just walking out and saying, Pastor Mark, how do I pray? What am I supposed to pray? How how do I do that? And so I want to give you just some practical things today so we can understand this. Um, Understand this, that prayer leads to purpose. Prayer leads to purpose. If you want to know your purpose, you need to pray. Prayer is a key. It unlocks things. And unless you get the key of prayer, you're going to have things, you're going to just walk through life passing locked gates and thinking, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to go in there. When you've had access the whole time. What's on the other side of that gate is yours, but we just haven't prayed about it. Now, I'm not talking, uh, I'm not talking about praying super long times. Okay, that's not what this is about. There will be those times where uh, uh, that you'll have that urgency to pray for something. It may be an hour. It may be two hours. It may be five hours. And you're just in prayer about something. But we're not talking about that. We're not talking about corporate prayer. What I'm talking to you about tonight and the title of my message is prayer life. I want us all to develop a lifestyle of prayer. Living it out daily. Something that is just, it's a part of our daily routine. It's like waking up. It's like taking a shower. It's like brushing your teeth. And if any of those things aren't a part of your routine, please make them a part of your routine. And prayer needs to be a part of that routine. Now, I don't mean make prayer routine. Okay, we got to define between habit and routine. We got to define between habit and familiarity. And that's just the formality. That's just what I do. I just pray. Because those don't work either. There's a middle road. Well, said my prayers. Same thing I said yesterday. Jesus talked about that. So don't be one of those who just rambles on and talks over and over and over and just likes to hear yourself talk. Well, I said my prayers. It's not about, that's not what it's about. Okay. But we've got to develop an attitude of prayer. Look in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Talking about developing a lifestyle of prayer. There's times that we'll come and we'll come corporately, meet together and pray. There's, uh, and we do that now, Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m. And if you're available, if that's a time slot that you're able to come and pray, even if it's within that time. I can't stay the full hour. I've got to be at work by 7. Well, then just come as long as you can. Corporately praying is so important. Corporately praying and, and, and being a part of the body and putting the vision of the church before you. I mean, when we come corporately on Wednesday mornings, we're not here, you know, praying for ourselves and praying for our lost dog and, uh, you know, praying that, you know, you find that job and stuff. That's individual stuff. When we come corporately, we're praying as a body about our purpose and design and vision for this church. 
And there's times that we need to come together and corporately pray. But we're talking about a lifestyle prayer. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass as he was praying, Jesus, because Jesus did that a lot. I can show you, I can rattle off ten verses in here that says Jesus got up early, rose before the crowds, rose before daybreak, stayed up all night, went on the mountaintop and prayed. He's always praying. It's probably one of the most constant, consistent things in Jesus' life was his prayer life. And so his disciples see this, and when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, this is the only time in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the only time that it is recorded that Jesus' disciples ever asked him to teach them something. It's interesting. They never asked, Lord, teach us how to do miracles. Lord, teach us how to cast out demons. Lord, teach us how to raise the dead. Teach us how to do that walking on water trick. That was really cool. Show me how you did that. They never asked that. But teach us how to pray because they realize something. There's something about this prayer that gives him the power to do what he's doing during the day. There's something about what he was doing all night long over here that's allowing him to do all these things all day long over here. It's interesting about Jesus. Jesus spent a lot of time talking to his father and spent little time with people's problems. Do you ever see him? All right, everyone, let's gather around. Let's lay hands on this person with leprosy. We're, gonna, we're just going to go. We're going to bind this. No, what did he say? Be clean. Be whole. Two words, man. Just talking to it. He spent a lot of time with his father and spent little time with problems. We're the other way around. He spent a little bit of time with God and spent a lot of times with our problems. Maybe there is an equation here. Maybe there's something that's factoring here that if we would get with him, we would have the answer to this. And so Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. And if you go over to Matthew chapter 6, I want to read Matthew's account of this. This is what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Lord's Prayer. And this has become routine. This is traditional. You know, when, when things become a tradition, you know, and Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 15, you have made the Word of God a tradition of men. It's just something that you do now. This isn't a tradition. There are there's some secrets in here. And starting with verse 9, he says, In this manner, therefore, pray. That doesn't mean pray exactly this way. What's he saying? This is your structure. These are your guidelines and rules. And look, you might not think that you like structure, but I can tell you right now, when you go home, you're happy that there's a yellow line in the middle of the road that keeps them on their side and keeps you on this side. If you've never been to a foreign country, you would be really excited about it. You go down and hang out with those people in Nicaragua, I don't know... I don't think anybody taught them how to drive. I, I really don't. I think that they just, they get in there at the, the youngest. Can you reach the pedals? All right, go for it. You got it, man. And they don't care what age. They don't care what maturity level. And so they just get behind the wheel over there. And it's ridiculous on the roads. There's lines. They don't mean nothing. They don't mean nothing. Might as well scrape them off the road. Oh, look, there's a dotted line right there. See if I can go in and between them. What? No. It's there to keep you on, 
Well, inside is structure. It's guidelines. Guidelines are good. Boundaries are good. Boundaries keep you safe. And so when we pray according to a structure, that will help you. And so let's look at this real quick. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. You should start every prayer by telling God how awesome he is. Because sometimes we go into prayer and we're not so confident. We're just praying. We're just hoping somebody hears. But when you go in and you say, God, you are awesome. You are mighty. I just want to tell you that you are great. I love you. Thank you so much for loving me. You should start every prayer that way. Just spend about a good five minutes and tell him how awesome he is. Look at the next passage. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer moves heaven into the earth. Period. Prayer moves heaven to earth. There are some things that God can't, I didn't say won't, I said can't do unless you ask. D.L. Moody, a, a famous minister, said this. It seems that God can do nothing in the earth unless someone prays. You mean God, all sovereign, God almighty, God can't do it? Yeah. Because when he says you have dominion, he means you have dominion. You've got to invite me down there. You've got to ask me to do that down there. And I'll show up. But I need somebody to ask. I need somebody to make their requests known before God. I want to bring peace in your life. Isn't that terrible when everybody wants to help you, but you're the one locking the thing up? Man, we're here to help, but you're shutting everybody out. God wants you to have peace. God wants you to have financial security. But are you asking? Are you making the requests known? Are you making the petitions known? So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer moves heaven to the earth. Give us this day our daily bread. That shows you about how far out your prayers should go. Just a regular lifestyle of prayer. You shouldn't be concerned with much more beyond today. Do you have what you need Today, God operates 24 hours at a time. In fact, he said over in Matthew chapter six, at the end of this passage, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And don't worry for tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. See, I'm God today. I got to build this due. When's it due? Tomorrow. Well, let's take care of today. Well, I'm about to run out of gas. All right, I'll take care of that. Today, God operates 24 hours at a time. We're the ones that get all stressed out about tomorrow and six months from now. And what am I going to do when I graduate? And what am I going to do when, my, when I lose this job? And what am I going to do with this? And when am I going to find that? And he's saying, let's just today. Give us this day our daily bread. Is the money in the account today? Well, yeah. Okay. Take care of today. Amen. Forgive us our debts since we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us 
from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So man's been given the authority in the earth. Therefore, we have to ask. We have to pray. So we've seen the value of prayer. So I just want to give you, I think I've got four simple principles. Prayer principles. Both start with P. That's easy. Prayer principles that you can put into effect into your life. Number one, you will never mature in prayer if you never pray. I, I don't mean to make you sound dumb, but that's literally what it takes. You won't mature. See, most Christians, most Christians... As a whole, their only uh, experience of prayer is listening to someone else pray. In fact, there's some churches you don't say a word while the is praying. Oh, the Father's praying. Keep quiet. Don't say anything. I welcome you to pray while I'm praying. I welcome you. Don't sit there and think, oh, your pastor's talking. No, I'm talking to God. You can talk to God. He can hear all of us at the same exact time. Why don't you just, while you're, while you're praying, go ahead and get in agreement with what I'm saying. Because where two or more touch and agree. <laughs> so go ahead and just hook up with me while I'm praying. Oh, he's praying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in agreement with that. Now we can make something happen. One can put a thousand, but two can put ten thousand. So you will never mature in prayer. Look, you can watch somebody else work out all you want. Yeah, you know where I'm going. But it will not give you the desired result in your body until you work out. You can watch as much Biggest Loser all you want. But until you get off, turn it off and say, all right, I'm going to go do some of that myself. Okay? We can see and we can watch and we can see all these things going on. But until we implement in our life, so we won't mature in prayer, walking only. You know, we're, we're always afraid to take the initial step. I don't feel like I can pray longer than five minutes. Then pray five minutes. Give them five minutes. And watch five turn into ten. Watch ten turn into thirty. Watch thirty turn into an hour. Okay? So we will not mature in prayer. We can't just listen to people pray. We've got to open our mouth and pray. You've got to pray. Number two. Prayer is not meaningful until it is regular. Prayer is not meaningful until it's regular. Until it happens on a consistent basis. Uh, I prayed last Monday. Uh, I prayed a couple months ago. Well, that's why you're discouraged. That's why prayer's not working for you, because it's not consistent. It's not constant. I mean, we just saw that Jesus' most consistent part of his life was his prayer life, was talking to God, communicating with God, discovering his purpose. And on top of that, he wasn't just talking with God. He was discovering his purpose, and he was bringing heaven to earth. If you're not seeing enough heaven in your earth, Maybe we need to get with heaven and get it yanked down here through prayer. Okay? So prayer is not meaningful 
until it is regular. Again, it must become habitual, not a routine. I said this when we preached on our prayer series. I said this. Christians are not the only ones that pray. In fact, there are some other religions that are better at praying than most Christians. They know the exact time. They face a certain direction. They even have a prayer already laid out. And they say the exact prayer every... And some of them do it multiple times a day. They get their little carpets out and they kneel and they bow and they do the whole shebang. And still empty. When we get to talk to the one that actually can hear us. Okay? So it's not to be routine or familiar, but it does need to be habitual. Look, you can work out for eight hours in one day. And that will not be as effective as if I go for 30 minutes three times a week. I worked out on Monday from eight to five. My day off, so I was just at the gym all day long. What did you do yesterday? What did you do Wednesday? What did you do Thursday? What did you do? Uh, I just ate potato chips. <laughs> well, it'd be better for you to take short periods of time and spread it out. Well, I'm going to sit. All right, this is my time. I'm going to pray for five hours. No, you're not. You're going to get ten minutes in. You just thank you for my dog. Thank you for the air I breathe. <laughs> and you just start naming off, thank you for my lungs, God. Thank you for my, my hands, my feet. I mean, you can go through all the body parts. That's good, you know, seven minutes. And then we got to be regular. Which leads me to my next point. Prayer must be a doable routine. Don't sit down and say, all right, two hours. I'm knocking out this two hours. I'm going to pray. If that's not a doable routine for you, then say, I'm going to give 10 minutes. I'm going to give 30 minutes. Now, you heard me say this in in the last series that, again, we should have a prayer life. You can talk to God all day long. Okay? But that's not what I'm focusing on here. I'm talking about carving out a specific time of day to pray. That's what I'm, well, I prayed in my car. I prayed in the church. No, there's times where we need to shut everything down and talk to him. And you may not be able to do that, but 30 minutes in your day. I got 30 minutes of quiet time in the morning. And I'll tell you this, that God will, he'll grow you. He'll, he'll mature you and he'll start asking for more. But he only asks for what he, know you can, what he knows you can do. So if he says, no, I need you to start getting up at 530 and spending time with me. I've been through seasons like that. Seasons. That's not my lifestyle just all the time. But there's seasons where God says, I need you getting up at 4 a.m. We've got some work to do. Because there's work to do. And there's work going on even when you can't see it. It's like planting a seed. You don't see what's going on underneath the ground, but it's working. And you may pray. For two hours, get up, nothing's different. Bill collector's still calling, wife is still screaming at me, kids are still off the chain, can't find a job. 
but the seed's working. Amen? It's prayer. It's working in an unseen realm. And the unseen realm is more real. So start talking about what you can't see more than what you can see. Yeah, we're going all over the place here. Just bring it back in. Reel it in. Okay? Now, there will be times where... You'll have to pray for long periods. I know Brother Hagin, you know, there were times where he would pray all night long. But then there were other times where he would just start praying, start praying in the spirit, uh, you know, start praying in tongues. And he'd get a release in like 15 minutes and go back to bed. There's no set program to this. It doesn't say Jesus got up and prayed for two hours and 15 minutes. It doesn't say that. But there was one time that his disciples, they, they were having trouble healing this one demon-possessed boy. And at the end, they said, why couldn't we do it, Jesus? Because Jesus showed up and said, boom, I got that taken care of. Next. Next demon. And he said, sometimes these things can only come through prayer and fasting. What's that? Getting alone with him. See, fasting is another one. Fasting is not a, a routine thing. Fasting is not a, I'm just living a, a, you know, I'm just, I'm fasting for 40 days. You fast to get something done. Now, there are fasts. I just got done doing a 21-day fast in the beginning of January. Because God told me to. I'm going to obey what God says when he leads me and guides me. But I, you know, many times we'll get in counseling situations, have done it with some of y'all in this room. And you've come and say, man, we're just, we don't know what to do here. We need help with this. I say, you need to fast. You need to get along with God. And that might be one day. That might be three days. It might be four weeks. But once you get the answer, then you can be released because you were fasting for a goal. You had something in mind that you were trying to achieve. Okay? But prayer must be a doable routine. If it's not doable, you won't do it. Period. Okay? And with that doable routine, you need to pray without interruptions or distractions. Now, I know every mom in here just went crazy. You kidding me? I'm never going to get to pray. You got to find that time. That, and look, that might mean getting up early, earlier. That might mean staying up a little later. But we've got to, that might mean the middle of the day when the kids are sleeping. Whatever it is. But you have to be able to pray without interruptions and distractions. Yes, we're communicating with God all day. I'll, I'll, I'll communicate when I'm at work. I'll communicate when I'm walking through the grocery. I'll communicate with them when I'm driving my car or I'm in the shower. Have some great conversations. I mean, I communicate with my wife all the time, but then there's other times where I've got to sit down, no distractions, no interruptions. We've got to talk about something. And you've got to have that with God. So in that routine, you've got to find that time. What is the doable time that I can do it? And when can I do it with no? You might have to go sit in your car. You might have to go walk outside. You might need to go do something. Uh, you know, Jesus said, go into your closet. You don't have to literally get a closet and put a sign that says prayer closet. Do not enter, you know, and have a little red light on it when you're in there praying and people know you're in there. It doesn't have to be a literal closet. If a closet works for you, great. Me, I kind of get freaked out sitting in the closet praying, to be honest with you. <laughs> but wherever it is, you've got to find that place where there's no interruptions or distractions. Spouses, you can help each other. Hey, I'm going to go pray uh, for 30 minutes. Can you watch the kids for me? Because it's that important. It's that real. 
You've got to find that time. Some people are morning people. Some people are night people. And again, we're talking about a daily prayer lifestyle. Because if God knocks on the door and says, hey, I need you to pray. Uh, I need you to get up at 5 a.m. God, I'm not a morning person. I'll see you at 9. No, you need to go when he's, don't be, I'm a morning person. I'm not a night person. You know, I'm, you need to do what he tells you to do. And more times than not, he's going to go with the morning because he knows I want to get you started. I don't want to be at the end of the day when you've already dealt with all the mess. Because you'll get to the end of the day and he'll start giving you answers. And you'll be like, why don't you tell me that this morning? Because you weren't a morning person. No, we've got to get with God. We've got to be able to spend time with him. I believe that these are things that if we allow the, if we apply these things in our life, this is just more of a, of a practical message. It's not one of those super spiritual ones where you're picking up chairs and throwing them across the room and running all over the place and shouting. But I, I tell you what, when you start getting answers to your prayers, you'll start doing it more often. But results are key. Results are key. God loves to simplify things. There's not a, a super, you know, long equation to this thing. There, there's not, you know, a, a big, you got to do this and you got to turn around this way and you got to dance three times and jump up and down and throw dust and salt in your hair. It's not like that old, that, all that Old Testament stuff. This is God, it's me and you. And I'm going to start off by telling you how awesome you are, how much I need you in my life, how great you are. I'm going to start talking about your faithfulness. You are faithful to get me out of that, so I know you're going to get me through this. God, I love you. Thank you for all that you've done for me, all the sacrifices you've made, continuing to put up with me. Just start telling him how awesome he is. And then start getting those requests out. Now, Father, you know I need this in my life. And I, and I, and I ask for courage. I ask for uh, boldness in this situation. You know I've been looking for a job. And I command that job to come in. But then you need to end every prayer with thanksgiving. If you don't thank him for it, then you'll never convince yourself that you got it. If you don't thank him for it, then you're still thinking in the back of my mind, oh, is he going to do it? Because you don't thank someone for something that they don't do or haven't done for you. But now putting myself in a posture of thanksgiving, I am acknowledging that you just showed up in my life. Whether I see it in the natural or not, you've just taken care of something in the supernatural. So you end with thanksgiving and praising him. And glorifying him once again. You ought to bookend that prayer. And he ought to know by the time you're done praying how awesome he is. And what he's done in your life. Amen. I believe that prayer needs to be of more value. We, we, we can all say, I need to pray more. We can all say it. As a pastor, I'm not standing up here saying that I have the most excellent prayer life. You should come to my house and watch me and watch what I do. We all can do better at prayer. And when we have that structure and we get down, and you know what? Sometimes you don't know what to say. Now, I will tell you this. That there's a prayer that is always the best prayer. And that's learning to pray in the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't even know what I just said. 
It's just all jibber-jabber. Yeah, you don't need to. Because the one that's going to take care of it, he knows exactly what you just said. And on top of that, the devil doesn't have any idea what you said either. And on top of that, you can pray for stuff that you didn't even know what you needed to pray for. Learning to pray in the Holy Spirit. Tongues is a powerful thing. And when you can pray with that utterance, whether you know it, whether you have it in your mind. Father, I I don't even know where to go with this situation right now, but I know you do. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to pray through me. Because the Bible says he prays the perfect prayer every time. The Bible says that he prays even when we don't know what to pray. He can pray. But that's prayer. That's communicating with God. That's setting aside that time. Not just when we get in a bind. Not just when uh, we don't really know or, uh, you know, I've lost every other resort. I, I, I don't know where to go. So, God, I'm coming to you. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be habitual. You know, you know God's going to do something for you when you've got a relationship with Him on a regular basis. Relationships are founded on communication. Relationships fall apart if you don't talk. <laughs> In this day and age where We've got, you know, all these things and, you know, I don't even have to talk to someone face to face anymore. I, I don't have to call them on the phone. And communication is becoming so sketchy. There's a God that you can still talk to. And when you have that relationship, man, a problem shows up and you'll know who to call first. You don't have to feel bad about it. You know how, I mean, it's awkward going to someone and asking them for something when you haven't talked to them in a while. Hey, I I know we haven't spoken in a while, but I'm I'm in a bind. You don't happen to have $100 on you, do you? What? I haven't even talked to you in a year. No, but when it's someone that you know, and you know that at the drop of a hat, they're going to come running. We've got to have that communication. This needs to be on the forefront of our mind. This isn't a a, a message uh, that is just one of those powerful, man, that was a good jump. This is an ongoing, man. I mean, you ought to download this one. You ought to get the CD. You ought to put it in your car. Just every now and then, I need to hear about prayer. It's not even that long. It's only been 48 minutes, so we're good. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for the power of prayer, Father. And I thank you tonight that we have a body, we have people that love to pray. Not just love to ask you for stuff when we need it, but love to just communicate with you. This is how we discover our purpose. This is how we discover who we are. This is how we discover how to win in life all the time, become victorious all the time because prayer is a habitual thing for us. It's consistent and constant. It's something that we're good at. It's not something that we look at and say, man, I could be better or, man, I I wish I spent more time. No, when we can come back and say, Father, I communicate with you and that's why I know your very purpose and plan for my life. 
Father, I pray for every person here that you continue to minister to them, continue to show them the power and the purpose of prayer as they take these principles and as they apply them and live them and do them. Father, I thank you that you will show yourself mighty. You will show them that this isn't just a formality. This isn't just something that, you know, good Christian people should do. This brings answers. This brings results. And I know that you'll be faithful. I know that you'll show up. I know that you will cause things to show up in their life that they've been believing for. Maybe they've been believing for this thing for years. And they start to pray and the answer comes that quick. It's because you are mighty. You are powerful. You can do all things. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But by communicating, we can understand what you've called us to do, who you've called us to be. You'll give us the answer. I thank you for that tonight, Father. We thank you for this word. We thank you for all that you're doing in and through our lives, through this church, through this ministry. We thank you for it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.